Hey everybody and welcome back to the Art of Positivity podcast. I'm Rhiannon, I'm an artist and a creativity coach and I'm here with my husband Darren who is a pranayama and breathwork instructor. In fact you probably know him better as the bearded mentor. This week we are talking about something which we love to do, something which we believe that every single person on the planet should really immerse themselves in as much as is physically possible. In this episode we are talking about Shinrin-yoku or forest bathing. Lots of facts here again this week. Lots of facts. Lots. Of, I've lots got a of, few. Lots of science facts. Oh, I like science. Are you? Are you measuring up your A five notes against my A four notes? There. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what A five and A four is. Oh my god! Is that like false cap? Okay, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway Shinrin Yoku. Shinrin Yoku. So Shinrin Yoku is like an echo. <laughs> so Shinrin Yoku basically. What is probably worth saying what it is to start off with. And even though the write-up to the episode would have given you a hint. It's a term that basically emerged in the 1980s in Japan. Mm -hmm. And it's a physiological and psychological exercise. Right. Which means, not an exercise as in running, you know. uh, An exercise meaning either forest bathing or taking in the forest atmosphere. Okay. And that obviously was, as you can imagine, quickly embraced. Uh, in the 90s, they started studying it as a form of ecotherapy. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you don't need an actual forest if you don't live close to a big forest or anything sort of grand. Or You know, you basically need to be in nature and consciously connect into it. I think that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. It's that conscious connection. Yeah, so you, if you've got like a little bit of parkland that you can get to or something, ideally away from everybody <laughs> yeah. you know um away from kind of people only because the idea is that you want to like i said you want to be consciously connecting and you want to um kind of strip everything back and be peaceful mm-hmm. now essentially that said it's an immersion practice okay so you're immersing yourself in in nature and it was used to combat stress and burnout but there was actually they, they coined a term um which i find hilarious because it sounds to me like an 80s um electronic band mm-hmm. uh so the the term was um for the is that like a techno band or electro band well techno stress oh techno stress oh i like that i know that's sorry thought techno yeah. stress so that's the burnout if you obviously you're using too many electronic devices and things like that which is i think basically what everybody in the world almost has got i'm sure i saw them once in ibiza yeah, techno stress. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like that? So, yeah, that, that's essentially what it is. But the concept is just so much older than 1980s Japanese, yes. uh, Japanese yeah. invention, you know. And in fact, Cyrus the Great. I like that name. Cyrus the Great. I want to be really the Great. Oh, wow. That's what I want to be known as from now on. So Cyrus the Great, he built these massive, beautiful gardens in the capital of Persia. Okay. About 2,500 years ago. And that purely was to promote a sense of calm in a bustling, busy city. It was the same concept. And then you had um, there's a Swiss, like a, a Swiss German, 16th century physician, and he was called Paracelsus. Paras, Paras, yeah, Paracelsus. There's okay. a lot of sisters in there. Paracelsus, <laughs> and he claimed that the art of healing comes from nature and not the physician. 
So you can kind of see where all the roots have come from um, and everything else. But um, basically then the, the government kind of jumped on board, of course, as they do. And they found the benefits to it to be just incredible. And it was, it was actually so good that it became a national health programme. I can well understand it. And funny enough, in uh, in Japan, they actually did all the studies on it as yeah. well. So studies are still ongoing with it, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now. But the, the sort of one of the main studies where they looked at the potential benefits, because it's very, very difficult to judge or gauge the benefits of things like this without taking it scientifically. Yeah. So, um, it also gives it more weight as well for people that perhaps true. are not as spiritual or that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's kind of... There was um, a university in, in Japan went to um, a city called Nagano. And Nagano um, has got a, a large urban area. Mm. Um, the, you know, it's a very large urban area. And they took basically um, a, group of, um, a group of people um, a, from all walks of life, ages, um, gender, you know, complete mix. And they walked them for 80 minutes okay. in the morning all right. and then 80 minutes in the afternoon as well or over a series of weekends. Just on the weekend? Just on the weekends because okay. I'm guessing they were probably doing something <laughs> Monday to Friday. <laughs> And so on the weekends, they all took part in this. And then they, they over a period of time, they then um, looked at their, their, their stats, if you like, to see what the benefits were. Mm. Um, and ultimately, you, you, you basically had um, uh, like a test group who, who were, who were doing, doing this as, as well. But then they, they then looked at actually being more conscious with it, so more in the Shinrin-Yoku sort of idea. Mm. Um, and what it basically led to was a lower pulse, um, a decreased amount of depression. That's good. Um, less anxiety. Again. Increased vigour. Oh, wow. Which is uh, an unusual Gym. stat to come up with. But there's a particular <laughs> test that they do that covers a lot of these areas and uh, they sort of kill them. Increased vigour. The dog's watching um, herself in the background. Yeah, Every single true. time. <laughs> Lowered fatigue. Yeah. Um... They were uh, less confused. Uh, also, their dopamine and adrenaline decreased. And it basically allowed them to de-stress and then relax. Mm. So their, their, overall, um, their overall idea of joy and happiness came from this experiment of actually uh, walking through um, a forested area, in um, well, a, a wooded area in Nagano. Uh, and as you as you've already sort of said, that this has now almost become kind of mandatory that, that people in Japan have to, it's an have actual to spend, program, yeah, national program. Have, have to spend time there. Um, lots of organisations, lots of businesses are on board. Um, a lot of buildings these days are now being built with this sort of in mind yeah, as well. Yeah, there's a name for it. We yeah. watched something. We did, yeah. A little while back, didn't we? Then when they were using the uh, oh, like natural. We're using trees and, and yeah, and, you know, I can't remember. Of, there's a name for that kind of type of architecture. But but it's it, the same the same sort of benefits can be found <coughs> on that. But Shinrin Yoko is is um, has been studied many times and has those many many benefits. That's amazing. I mean, the thing is, when you think about it, um, everybody. I don't know anybody that's come back and sort of said, "Oh, do you know, I went for a walk in nature just now. I feel worse." 
Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that it it gives you just such, well, me and no especially, obviously, it gives such a sense of kind of calm. And I've got a chaotic mind and it's lovely then to go into the, the forest or any anywhere in nature, you know, even mm-hmm. if you've got sort of fields you can walk through or things like that. And just to be present in there and there's always so much to see so even if you can't kind of like I find it quite difficult to cut the you know stop my my mind well instead of thinking about work and everything else I need to do I can just sort of wander and then I can I can think about the different trees or look at the different plants that are there and you know and and notice different things like this like I'm doing um that kind of foraging thing yeah learning about that so I've been noticing so much more on just the walks on the school run so to be in nature, there's just so much more. But one of my favourite things, as you will, as you will know, uh, is tree hugging. Yep. And do you know what? Tree hug. <laughs> and do you know what? That term, tree hugging hippie. Oh my word! Do you know it riles me <laughs> so so much because it's kind of like it's seen as a negative thing then, or or a weird thing. Why is I, it weird? I I don't know. I've, I've Why is it seen as a weird thing to do? I think I've sort of flipped it in my head really I, th- I think I it's kind of a nice term now it used to be used as oh you're, you're a tree hugger and you're a yeah like a negative kind know, of like sort of, somebody's woo woo and but but the the reality is I mean you're uh, just connecting with with this phenomenal thing that's been growing for hundreds of years potentially well, yeah or thousands there's or that, thousands there's the uh, yew tree that we visit yeah, in yeah. um the Vanog. Devanog, and that is um, three, four thousand years old. It's yeah. Well, they're, they're still Even, doing they're still doing tests, and they're not really sure how old it actually is. Uh, but it's, it's fair to say it's a few thousand years old. <laughs> there's the uh, there's a there's a test for you. Can you remember the name for the study of wood? Oh, dendrochronology. Oh, is that right? Dendro- Dend- dendrochronology. Fair play. I know this stuff. <laughs> fair play. Um, so I'm going to talk about that basically mm-hmm. and the idea of tree hugging because I think and I would love everybody that listens to this and then to tell everybody that they know or at least everybody in their family to at least go and do it this weekend mm-hmm. so the weekend come in go and hug a tree so I'm going to start off with the kind of I guess the arty sort of things that when you actually end up going to a forest or even like I said um, I mean this applies for fields and um nature generally what is the first color you see uh, well green yeah exactly <laughs> it's like fields are green the trees are green i thought it was a trick question no no it is just green and green is one of the most calming colors yeah and the reason it's one of the most common colors is because green actually sits in the center of the color spectrum so your eyes don't need to make any adjustments, whatever, whatever, in order to view it. Ah. So right. it's literally the calmest colour that you can look at. So the brain basically laps it up and really enjoys it because nothing. I mean, these these kind of adjustments are so minuscule. Obviously, we do them constantly all the time. And, um, but yeah, because of that, when you're surrounded by this colour and the majority of what you can see is this particular colour is green, then your brain automatically relaxes because there's one less job it's got to do. Oh. So it's a nice relaxing thing. But trees themselves, they release chemicals. And I can, I struggle like you did last week. I struggle with this word. <laughs> phytoncides. 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 And I, th- I think that sounds like um, like a new breed of stormtrooper. 
or <laughs> something like that. But basically, they've got um, they they have an antimicrobial effect on human bodies, and they okay. boost the immune system. Not surprised. Just just from hugging a tree. Yeah. And there's actually um, there's there's studies were done at the University of Derby in two thousand and eighteen, I think it was. Um, and they show the connection and improving connection. That, sorry, that improving your connection to nature massively improved your well-being, which is actually something that you just yes, absolutely. you just spoke about. Hugging trees increases the release of oxytocin, which of course then serotonin, dopamine, all the happy uh, all the happy hormones they increase as well. So you physically, there is a chemical reaction. There's mm-hmm. a chemical reaction from hugging a tree. Yeah. So the hippies had it right all along. Of course they did. It's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it goes back further than the hippies. Yeah. The hippies uh, allegedly came around in the 50s and 60s, I think. <laughs> and actually, there's, I, oh, what, what's the, there's a book, The uh, Hidden Life of Trees. You haven't read it yet. The one no, I got that's, is that's amazing. By Peter um, Wollaben. Wollaben, I think it is. Um, yeah. And he's um, a forester. And what he doesn't know about trees isn't worth knowing. Mm-hmm. He's amazing, and it's so interesting because it gives you a really in-depth kind of understanding of how trees speak to each other, actually physically speak to each other, not in a in a Welsh accent, you know. But they are high-pitched kind of frequencies that we can't hear, you know, with with a human ear. But they warn each other of um, predators. Or pests and things of like this, and and that's transferred via this incredible root system. Yeah, and it also talks about the types of trees. Now, I love coming from more of a spiritual side of things. I love, um, I love all of tr- all trees anyway. But specifically, I quite find that trees have different personalities. That's what I f- feel like when I'm around them. So you know, obviously, you've got the um, the oak trees. And they seem to be sleepy. Um, the ash are quite kind of um, or very wise and um, a little bit overpowering sometimes the hazels tend to be mischievous and I know people are going to be thinking what <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's just kind of how it feels and the pine trees feel quite standoffish yeah and that but that's your connection yeah to absolutely and that's great. what I get from from being in the trees like some of them are you know like I can't walk through a forest without being tripped up by a hazel yeah it seems to be <laughs> even though I've, I've sort of uh... yeah so it's I, I just I love that about it. And he actually, he explains everything in such um, an engaging way. So that's the, the Hidden Life of Trees by Peter Wollaben. And, um Could be Wollaben. Wollaben. Because he's, he's German. German he? Okay, well, apologies, so, Peter. Yeah. But basically you spell his surname. W-O-H-L-L-E-B-E-N. Yeah. Wollaben. Wollaben. I'd say. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> If he gets in contact now and says it's, no, it's Wall- actually Wall- Wallaby, <laughs> she had it right along. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. And essentially, but that's the thing, because because we are energy, they've got this incredible energy. So connect with it, use it. To, you know, basically, be the tree. Yeah. You know, you can take so much from trees, even if it's from like um, a symbolic kind of perspective. So you think it's pushing its roots, it's grounding itself perfectly, it's reaching up. So it's reaching for the stars, you know, and it, and it sort of takes everything in its stride. It kind of just sways in the breeze. It doesn't let things, you know, fluster it. And it, it's one of those things that we could, I think we can take a lot from them. And yeah. there's, um, there's a lovely quote, actually, 
Um, I don't know if you've heard of um, this chap, uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Oh yeah, well, once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, to forget how to dig the earth and tend the soil is to forget ourselves. Yeah. Now I know that's relevant to obviously things like um, working the ground and gardening, but it's that idea of that reconnection with nature and how Absolutely. critical it is to know on yourself. But one of the things that um, when we were doing some of the research for this um, this episode actually was one of my favourite bits was that Iceland are actively now encouraging tree hugging. Superb. And during um, because of COVID, they've um, cleared roads and things of like that in order for people to be able to get to trees. Because the idea was is that you might you can't hug a person, but you still hug a tree. But you can hug a tree. But they have to leave it seventy two hours. Before yes, the in, next in between. Person. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of trees, and there's plenty of trees, and there's probably more trees than people in Iceland. So. <laughs> That's true. Very true. I should I should look a bit more obviously with my newfound Icelandic uh, heritage. That's the, <laughs> this is <laughs> my couple of percent. So yeah, it's kind of there's this amazing thing, and and I love that, and I love the fact the Icelandic people have put so much weight behind it and they push them forward. But there was um, I'm going to tell you, not you, them, um, the listeners, how to hug a tree. Okay. <laughs> how would you it. How would you hug a tree? Um, well, I have hugged one or two. Yeah, so, but, but it's kind of I I went to a couple of places online and there's one site I found which is really good. It was the wildroot.com and they categorized it. There's four four categories mm. of um hugging a tree. I mean for me Wait. for me it, it would be um chest up against the tree, big wide arms, big hug as far as you can get around the trunk. Um with me I usually look up into the tree as well. So you'd be a chin. I did the so, same thing. So, so flat, I sort yeah. of rest my beard against <laughs> it. I like to put my forehead against it. Oh, that's good as well. Like yeah. third eye kind of job. Yeah. So the four ways are, the first one is the full face hug. Okay. <laughs> where I guess that's what I'm doing. Where you're pressing your, your forehead into the tree, shutting your eyes, arms around it. Yeah, okay. So that's the first one. The second one is the um, the group hug. Okay. We well, do that with yeah, the kids. Yeah, we've done that with the kids, yeah, definitely. You all kind of hold hands or at least come around and give the, give the tree a big hug, depending on the size of its... Uh, Trunk. Trunk. I mean, a hazel you probably wrap around a couple of times. But <laughs> um, the third one then is cheek to trunk. So, you know, it's good for the larger trees. You can kind of wrap your arms as far as you can away, around it, sorry, and then you can put the side of your face against it. I'm going to shut your eyes then so you can kind of take it in and just sort of feel mm-hmm. feel it that way. And then you have the, um, the, 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 shy, the shy folk hug. Which is, uh, I'm not going to hug it because people might be watching. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit and I'm going to lean against the tree. Oh, right. I Maybe see. reading. Yeah, Maybe yeah, just yeah. looking at your phone. Hopefully not looking at your phone while you're by a tree. But, you know, that's it's the lean on me hug. Yeah. But you're, still, you're still getting that but energy. That works. Yeah, that because works, you, absolutely. you're connecting to it. You know, you've got sort of, uh, you're, you're connected with it. So it doesn't make a difference. It's just for me personally, you can't, you know, a hug is a positive thing. Yes. You know, so... It's lovely, and we've we've sat up against trees, but you know, give it a hug. Mm-hmm. It's, at the end of the day, it's doing much more for us than we have done for it. What with, you know, that cheeky little thing called oxygen that we need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is kind of essential. It's, it's an important thing. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my um, excellent my 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 tree hugging. Go on, go on tree hug, and then tell me if you know which tree is your favourite to hug. Ooh, good question. Mm. Really good question. I mean, I mean, my kind of, I mean, I, I like all trees. Yeah. Uh, there's not a tree I think oh, I don't like that one. Um, but my favourite tree is probably the Rowan tree. 
but Rowan's they're kind of unusual trees to actually be able to hug really because they're not like this <laughs> they're really skinny yeah they're really <laughs> skinny so it just tends to be sort of um, you know just sort of you just sort of like talk about it yeah um, a little bit but I love the berries the berry the Rowan berries oh, I'm going to make Rowan yeah, berry jam this yeah, year good idea um, but what I wanted to talk about as well was education mm. um, especially in on the subject of Shinrin Yoko um, so children Children should be out in nature as much as possible. Absolutely. There's a big, big push <laughs> lately, obviously, with uh, they've realised now with all this fantastic invention of use of tech that all of a sudden large amounts of children are spending too much time in the house. Techno stress? Uh, with techno stress. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that that cool. 80s band? Um, so they get a bit of techno stress and they just sit in front of the, the TV mm. doing great things on computers. Um, but they're not getting that enough. They're not that, balanced. They're not getting that eco um, therapy. The eco antidote is oh. what the Japanese called it. I thought you'd uh, call it that. An eco antidote um, to techno stress. <laughs> um, we, we're all about the uh, the, ter- the terms. <laughs> Sounds like we're talking in the eighties. Mm. Um, so basically, we should be teaching our kids to connect, mm. um, connect with nature. But also, the big thing with Shinrin Yoko, to bring it back to the, the main sort of subject, is all about using your senses. Yes. So, uh, and, uh, I know we've certainly done this with, with, with our kids. Um, get your kids to tell you what they can see, what they can smell, what mm. they can touch, what they can hear, what they can taste even. Yeah. Licking trees is probably not advisable at this point. But what um, they won't realise is that you can taste different things because yeah, you're out in the air. Absolutely. So... Um, but, Take a tongue out and but getting them to actually understand all of those things, those senses, that was what will bring that connection in for the children. So it's not just to have a walkthrough. Because uh, I read one story about um, the uh, this guy, again, Japanese, and he was taking people for walks in the woods. And it, would, it could take hours, mm. two and a half, three hours. And they... They hadn't even travelled, they travelled less than half a mile. Yeah. Um, because you've been present. Because it's not about the distance you cover in the woods, it's about connecting with the wood, and that can be done very, very close by. Um, and so this is a sort of idea with, with children. We, we've always taken our, our children to, to the woods since, well, since before they could walk. Um, yeah, and so they they've got a connection with it. They start to understand it. They you know they they naming trees. They've and, got favorite yeah. trees, and they know the yeah. yeah they know the actual names of trees as well, don't they? But, but actually, to, you know, taking the the next sort of notch up is is getting them to use other senses as well. Mm. What can they hear in a tree? What can they what can they see? Obviously, what can they smell? You know, what, all, all these other amazing senses that we've got. Um, there's um, another exercise that, I, that I've seen which which sort of falls straight into this where um, you actually either close your eyes or um, if, if you're doing it in a safe area with, with people that you know actually blindfold yourself and sit next to a tree mm. or even lie on the floor next to a tree and actually then connect with all your other senses take, take that primary sight away and then really use your other senses yeah and then you're really experiencing all the things, and then obviously when you when you take the the thing off your eyes, you, you've then got the sight as well to actually enhance it even more. But you can jump into that more as well because it's one of those things like you know we say to a kid, "You pick a tree, 
like um maybe like an oak tree or something like that that's got quite a deep gnarled bark to it yeah the way it'll pretty much work on any tree and you say what what color is that bark yeah and they'll say brown yeah <laughs> it's like well what else can you see what else and just keep pushing because it's not brown because you will see purples you'll see you know lilacs you'll see yellows greens there'll be mosses and like well, golds and, gold and silvers everything. and yeah there's amazing amazing colors and i can guarantee you because if they like oh just brown if you said to them i'll give you one haribo for every color you can see <laughs> <laughs> there would be a rainbow of colors yeah, on that tree they would make up colors and the other the other thing as well is um how how does when you make that connection say and this is not just children this is education in general but actually getting people to describe how they feel about yes. <laughs> so yeah. you you just sort of connected with nature so now learn to describe your feelings and your emotions. How does it make you feel, yeah? Which, especially for children, but for anybody realistically, getting them to describe their emotions and their feelings, especially when they're connecting with nature, is magical. It's absolutely it magical. Um, and, and, and it sort of enhances that connection to it more. And then the other thing as well, I know you, something that, you, that you've talked about already, it, it turns off the monkey mind. Yeah. So, uh, and it sort of just calms everything down and just allows you to connect, which is so important for children. It gives you this sort of real, you know, root. I think that's the point, isn't it? You know, um, well, I, I like that. Root, I see what you did. did that. To be able to kind of, um, you know, you've got something that, to talk about. You're never going to be bored there as well. And even if it's a case of, like you said, you haven't got to go far, you can just go into the forest yeah. and then you've got. You know, if you take one tree, you can do tree hugging. You can look at how many colours you can see on a tree. You can see whether you can see any faces in the knots on the tree. Um, you can gently turn over some of the bark on on the on the floor. Uh, look for bugs and you know, things like this. And you know, even you could maybe collect some bark. Now, if you do collect bark, I mean, you normally get a bit like it from the floor. Yeah. So I would kind of adv- uh, not advise taking it off the tree. If you do take a bit off a tree take it in a vertical strip ah, why because if you band a tree which is basically stripping it in a circle like a ring around the tree then the tree is super prone to infection and even a big old oak if you if you strip it in a circle around the tree you can kill the tree wow because mm, no, it, no, it'll, no. it'll pick up bacteria and infection and it's um yeah it basically struggles and and it can die that's definitely a top tip. Mm, absolutely. So, you know, but there's so many different things you can do. And in fact, there is, I went to the National Trust website and they've right. got how to forest bathe okay. on there, which is superb. And it's something that you, um, you mentioned earlier on, but they say to stay as long as is comfortable, but the recommended is two hours. Two hours? Two hours, but you can get, you can leave refreshed after 10 minutes. Right, okay. So essentially, if you have a spare two hours, which is lovely if you do on the weekend or in the evenings or whatever, but that's not always doable because we live in a in a kind of, well, we all live in a state of constant 100 mile an hour stuff. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything needs to be done, you know. Um, so as, as long as you can is basically the key. Um, and what they've said is that to pick a quiet place, and be really um, aware of the kind of the time of day as well. So, you know, either get out early first thing in the morning where there's less people again or go in the evening. Um, 
it's lovely to go to a parkland on your lunch hour and if that's your option then do that yeah but if you can try and go to different places at maybe slightly different times or less popular times because ideally what you want is that peace and quiet and the um the serenity that being in the forest practically alone yeah or in nature at least not a forest i've i've been i've been enjoying um doing yoga in a in a field lately and, I, and it's I, on and your I, stories isn't it, 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 is, it is on, my <laughs> on, on instagram and and i keep on picking <laughs> the same tree all the time and there's a there's an array of trees i can choose but i always go under this one particular tree what tree is it um it's actually a field maple mm. um I don't, I, I don't know why i just like just like the tree so it's got a field field maples there there's there's a birch right next to it as well silver birch right next to it which is also a very good tree i'm not mm. sort of uh, i'm not, not knocking of, the birches i'm knocking the birch <laughs> <Not burgess>. um <laughs> but it's uh, but yeah this field maple has just got a lovely energy to it and, yeah. and it's just this kind of like my space how would you describe the energy you get from the tree um for me i would describe it as it is pure okay um it's a lovely light feeling like playful kind of yeah not, not so much playful but just sort of like a light energy like a like you know when you um i mean i would say this obviously doing my pranayama and breathwork stuff but when you when you breathe out, when you take a big deep breath in, take a big breath out, and that feeling of ah, relax, okay, lightness, nice. no heaviness on you, and that's the sort of energy that I get from that a particular field maple. It's a beautiful tree. I like that. That's I, may, I, I may sort of try other trees as well, and just sort of see if there's any different. Do you want to talk to you when you go back? Okay. Yeah, that all my yoga session is going to take hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a different tree every day. Actually, if you so people jump onto your, I said that pressure's on. People can jump onto your stories on Instagram and see uh, what tree I'm under today. And see what tree under. It'll be like a daily tree tree update. <laughs> um, so the next one then was take your time, and mm-hmm. you can because I know a lot of people. When we talk about meditation, you think of, well, not you specifically, because we do lots of different types of meditation, but normally you think of sat in lotus position on the floor, you know, or floating. Yes. Um, you know, clear mind, maybe chanting om. Om. You know. but Yeah, but there's, but there's a ton of different ways in which to meditate. And one of them is meditative walking. Yes. You don't walk with your eyes shut, obviously, <laughs> for safety reasons. Um, but you can, it's essentially you're going out in and amongst the, uh, amongst nature yeah. and you're quiet. So you turn your phone off because you don't want any electronic devices around, uh, you know, just turn it off or, or at least turn it on silent, stick in your bag or your pockets is out of the way and just be present. And like you said earlier on, what can you hear? What can you, what can you sense? Mm-hmm. You know, different parts of different, um, our forests have, have different energy levels and you might pick up some might be a little more dense some might feel a little more ancient some might feel lighter or more you know more playful and and just kind of try and reconnect to that because we seem to be the only um you know western society seems to be the only society in the world that tends to be and this is not obviously 100 percent, but it tends to be closed off from things like this yeah you only got things like this in india and you talk to them about reconnecting with energy and they're almost like yeah why wouldn't it? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so many different cultures across the world do it, but we tend to think like, oh, that's a ridiculous idea. And, you know, you can you don't have to choose between science and spirituality. Yeah. Like, you can be 
he can pick up on things and he can enjoy energy of things even at a scientific level but try and reconnect to that because there's kind of there's so much more you know yes um so yeah then you, you know use all your senses but touch the bark touch the trees feel the difference between you know um a, the smoothness of a beech tree compared to the gnarliness of an oak tree mm. you know and and watch how and leaves oh, this time of year best thing in the world you can tell you can tell um a hazel yes with your eyes shut so if somebody was to pass you a hazel amongst other ones you would be able to feel the difference they're really 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 velvety yes like actual velvet they feel like velvet you know so pick up a couple you know you don't even need to don't pull them off the tree the tree needs them more than you do you know you've got but feel what the oak oak leaves feel like and feel the holly carefully um (laughs) and then hazel and you can easily find um, a little guide. You just just type in um, tree leaf identification UK into Google, and then you have you have to come up. And you can take a screenshot and and whatnot. And um, and I am aware that I've told people not to use their phones while you're in the forest, <laughs> so you could print it off. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you kind of familiarise yourself with what it would look like, the hazel is so velvety, it's lovely. And another thing then is um, is to pay attention while you're in nature or in the forest to your breathing. So essentially what the what the National Trust are telling you to do is to go in, find somewhere. I mean, you could sit, you could add this to sitting up against a tree. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes, 10 slow breaths in, and back out. I don't know if you know any breathwork instructors. That <laughs> yeah, it might be you, sh- you should do a tree breathwork session. I could do that, no problem. Well, well actually, I mean, uh, Qigong is used a lot in nature. Well, you do it a lot in the forest, anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lovely feeling when you're sort of doing any sort of energy workout. Yeah. Um, when you've got all this fantastic energy all around you, it sort of really sort of enhances it all. Um, now, I've got a couple of facts. That you oh, hit me with some facts. May or may not. Well, they're kind of, yeah, they're sort of nice to know, really. Hmm. Um. This is a, there was only a study done in America on this one, but 93% of Americans spend virtually all of their time indoors. What? How mad is that? How crazy 93, is that? 93, well, that can't 93, be. Right? Surely, yeah. because you think of like the ranches in Texas and things like that. And then, the, yeah, but... And there's lots of different states that do. But, but there's huge cities. Yeah, true. And to lead on from that as well... Wow. They're actually predicting by 2050. Okay. Isn't that far away? No. 60% of the Earth's population is going to be living in cities. <gasps> no. Oh, that's horrible. So, you oh. know, if, and, and if you think that um, that, <laughs> that alone can sort of uh, take people away from nature, unless... As we are doing in a lot of cities now, where we're actually being thoughtful when we're building and our buildies, cities, yeah. and we've got these places, there's got to be green areas, there's yeah. got to be trees, there's got to be woods, there's got to be forests. I mean, it, but that goes back to the thing we talked about last um, last time, when the last uh, episode, it was about being barefoot, but the idea of connecting, because you have to physically connect with the ground. Yes. You know, for to get that kind of that those negative ions to be able to charge, and because we are now spending times in things like high rise office blocks and um, in shoes, you know, with rubber soles, which cause yeah, don't conduct damage. Um, yeah, you 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 know you've now got a deficit of yes. the the necessary electrons to 
that's mm. maintain your health you know and that's kind of oh i, I, I couldn't like i get really and, and super it, super itchy around cities like yeah. i can't I, I mean i do i love florence yeah and then that's about it <laughs> it's not that it. i don't that's love the you know, only city <laughs> it's kind of it's like london there's so many different things i want to see in london all of the time and yet i just i, I can't you know but it's just that there's not enough all like well all i can see is a concrete jungle and and it, i'm not and, knocking and if london and if you think about it london actually because obviously they've got their parks yeah absolutely and their parks are fascinating they're, they're, they're yeah. amazing places um they've been on spring march before haven't they actually they're, they're, they're incredible mm. um but but london's a good sort of test case as to what can happen if you don't sort of look after the air and stuff like that because yes in 1952 they had the the great smog as yeah. it was called and it came down i think it was wrong but christmas time something something like that and it was only five days five days it was only five days but that's long was enough. that the one that was on the crown uh possibly well, the Clean Air Act came out years afterwards. There was like you um, physically couldn't see people yeah. dying because they were unwell. And but there was eight. They they're estimating eight thousand Londoners died. What? That's that's the numbers that you're talking about, and that's not really taking into account that's all nuts. the knock-on deaths from sort of uh, you know emphysema and bad lungs from taking in all this smog. Um, so it's just heavily polluted. It was caused by a weather system, and the, the, that was the reason for it. just held this oh, smog close on. I would have known what that weather system was called as well a week before last because I read it in that book. <laughs> but I've 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 taken in too much information about foraging since, so it's kind of bumped it out of the way a little bit. But I have to. But yeah, oh, so so so, I, I, so 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 if ever there's um, a lesson to learn, yes, um, you know, then you know we have to really have these um, wide open spaces if we're all going to go about 66% of the population of the US population going to end up in cities that's heartbreaking you have to really sort of tune in with um, to, to learn at the forest bathe you know Shinrin Yoku yeah that's heartbreaking um, we're going to do something different now aren't we are we we are well, you were supposed to think of three questions well yeah <laughs> but I give you three three facts instead so I just, serious? So, 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 so I just hit you with 93% of Americans, 66% of the Earth population, and the 1952 smog. Do you know how you could have got around that? I could have asked you the question. You could have that. asked me how many, yeah. what's the percentage, so it doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. Okay, so you hit, me, <laughs> hit me with yours. I will hit you with, I've written them down. Okay, number one. What? <laughs> I'm thinking like Monty Python, yeah. what is your name? So what is your favourite forest? My favourite forest. Yeah. It could be anywhere, anywhere in the world. But it's uh, got to be one you've... Well... It can um, be... I tell you what, it can be one you've... It's got to be one you've been to. Yeah. And you can add on one that you've seen that you love to go to. If, um, if you want to, if it's easy. The Black Forest in the Eiffel Mountains in Germany. Which one is that? The one you want to go to or one you've been, or you've been, been to? there. It's great. Have you gone through the forest? You went to the Nürburgring. That's a diff. That is different. You were in a car. I was, on a, the, I was on a motorbike. You're on a motorbike <laughs> going around the Nürburgring. That does not constitute going to the but forest. But the Nürburgring was in the forest. No, <laughs> no. But there, there was actually. It's a, it's a beautiful forest. It's bears. Um, yeah. I'm scared of bears. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then obviously when I saw the sequoias in California. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was pretty spectacular. 
Um, so yeah, those are probably that's probably my favourite forest. What about yourself? You went without me on that trip. I did. It's unacceptable. There wasn't room on the motorbike. <laughs> My favourite forest, I haven't thought about this because I didn't think it was going to be batted, ah, batted back yeah, to me. You can't just use no, you can't just use my questions. Oh, my favourite forest. Do you know what? One of my, and it's a shame because it's been, it's been largely pulled down now, but where I'm from in the mm-hmm. Ronda, Pentra Forest. Yeah. You know the one behind yeah, my know. parents' house, and there's the old trees. And as a kid, I used to make dens up in there and play in there. But they've taken so much of it down now. It's just crackers, you know. And it's not. There's a lot of the kind of the pine forest, you know, around there. But um, these ones were these were old. Yeah. And it was lovely. I used to walk the dogs through there, and. Uh, so that's that's one of my favourites. But I also love the little just the little bit of Park with Brios as well in Gower. Oh, that's incredible. Because I just I love all of the variety of trees mm. down there. I think that mixed in with the you know, they've got they've got a Neolithic burial chamber and then they've got the, the caves Cave. and yeah, it's kind of And and if you think about it in, in the term of forests or woods, it's not the biggest. No, not it's at quite, all. Quite small, but it, it proves the point that you can walk through there yeah. for us, we walk through there. Barefoot, taking our time, not leaving any footprints. Pretty much every Friday we go down there. And it's an incredible (laughs) feeling. Absolutely amazing. Okay, question number two. What is your favourite tree? I know you touched on this earlier on, but then I want you to tell me what your favourite individual tree is. Ooh. Like a specific tree called like Jeff or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like name my trees. I name my trees. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I've already said, I've got a bit of a thing about the Rowan tree. The Rowan is your Celtic trees. Because if you look at the, the Celtic uh, Celtic chart, you can actually find out if you type... I can't remember what you need to type in. But if you type in your Celtic birth trio or something like this, mm. essentially depending on when you are born, you get designated, you're designated with a tree. Mine is the ash, yours is the Rowan. Mm-hmm. And yes. it has something like ash people um, tend to be uh, are very artistic, very creative. So, I mean, the, the write-up of the ash is me down to a... Yes. Down to a T. I mean, the, the Rowan... For me, I, I like the Rowan because, uh, I mean, another name for it is the Mountain Ash. Yeah. Um, which is a bit strange, but the, the Rowan always tends to sort of get high on the mountains in a bit of a, um, an unusual place to grow. Um, it's hard as hell, isn't it? And they are tough. Yeah, proper tough they little just, scrapper they of just, a tree. They're just tough. They, they just take on any weather <laughs> you know, to where, where other trees are sort of falling by the wayside, the Rowan's. I'm still, I'm still here. Do you know what they remind me of in in dog terms? We call them scrappers. But <laughs> yeah. what is the dog that you love? The border terrier. Border terrier, and again, Beautiful they are dog. they are really ballsy and kind of like take mm. on anything. And it, it reminds me of that. The yeah. the Rowan is much the same. That it'll grow anywhere and it'll kind of root mm-hmm. root itself in, and it it flourishes in the most bizarre places. Yeah. I mean, my favourite tree then was the other one. My yeah, it doesn't indi- need to be a rowan. No. If your favourite um, individual tree, but... I'm still looking for my favourite rowan, right? Um, I do love that. There's one in Park La Brios, uh, which sort of stands off on its own. Um, As you're going towards the caves on the right-hand side? On the right-hand side, yeah. You're going to steal my tree one, you knew... Oh. No, 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 not, not, the one, not the one by the caves. No, no, no. As you come in to, on the right-hand side there... That's that's I love that tree. 
it's got a the oak tree. No, it's not an oak tree. Sure, they yeah. thought it was. No, I, th I think it's a hawthorn. Oh, the one in the fields yeah. on the way. It is. It is a, a, a hawthorn. hawthorn. It is a hawthorn tree. A hawthorns. I love. I love the mythology with the hawthorn. Uh, it's, it's a lovely Our lady tree. hawthorn. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely tree because it just sort of stands. It's a. It's a. It's a big hawthorn really because the hawthorns. You know, they... Well, you've got the tree line. Yeah. And then you've got a field. And she's literally about 10 foot out of the tree line. <laughs> kind of going, yeah. I'm you. This is me. <laughs> I'm, I'm on my own. And uh, and she's just sort of... For me, she just got a feeling of like... Um, almost like she's watching over everybody that comes in there. Like the gatekeeper. Uh, like almost like a gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she's, a, she's a lovely tree. You've meditated under her quite a few times, I actually. Have. I know the yeah. one you mean now. She's I thought fantastic. you meant the one in the forest. She's amazing. You don't have a question, then there's a second question, do you? No. <laughs> do you know what? Some of my, one of my favourite trees is, um, I love that big beech in Getli here. Yes. It, they, uh, I'll have to get a picture up. It is the biggest beech tree I've, I've seen. And it is always dark <laughs> in there because the canopy is so dense and she is so big. Yeah. That me and you wouldn't be able to get our arms kind of around, oh, no, no, the, around the trunk. Massive. And I mean, how big would you have said the canopy as a. How wide is it? Yeah, as Oof. a circumference. It is enormous. It is enormous. Or diameter. I mean, I mean probably it's got to be. 20 foot easy? Oh, no, no, more than that. Is it? Easily more than 20 foot. I mean, I work in inches, so feet yeah. I'm lost now. <laughs> um, I, I'd be. Is it? Oh, you'd, you'd have to be 30 to 40 foot, if not bigger again. Yeah, she is. She's huge. sprawling. It just, uh, and because it's actually on a bit of a slope, it's got all the space to fall into as well. Yes, exactly. So and some of, the, some of the boughs kind of come down when they touch yeah. the floor. But uh, other than that, the one, my favourite tree to sit in is the one in Margam Park. That's a beautiful tree. That is just, you know, and what I love about that one is that one of the lowest kind of branches or boughs I suppose are um it's been rubbed smooth yeah by the amount of people that sit on it yeah. and I think that's there's something really lovely lovely about that yeah final question ready this is a biggie <laughs> what do you think is the biggest mistake that people make in the forest what do I think the biggest mistake is yeah you're just repeating it for time um <laughs> I don't know the biggest mistake, well, for me, the biggest mistake is that they don't take it all in. Yeah. That's the sort of, the, the, the bit that they miss. Um, I don't mean things like litter and stuff like that, because we, we are oh, forever yeah, yeah, picking yeah. up yeah, litter uh, and poo bags and stuff but, people have left in there, but I don't but, mean that. I mean. But, but I would say, well, yeah, one of the biggest mistakes is not taking it all in and not touching enough trees. Sorry, I was <laughs> drinking tea when you said that. <laughs> um, yeah. Not realising they can connect and should connect. Yes. Because I think that is super important as well. It is. Yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done. Otherwise we'll just talk about trees all night. Landed it. Smashed it. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I want to know what your favourite tree is now. So if you have a favourite tree, whether it's a specific tree, you can name it. You know, Bob. Dave. Bob or Dave the tree. Um, or if you have a type of tree you know like the the ash or the, the oak or the beech or whatever it is um then let us know because actually I, I love finding out what people's and why 
why, why is it your favorite? That's yeah. that's the clincher. That, yeah. That's the why? important thing. Why is that kind of your favorite tree? Why you know why, why is that type your favorite tree? So, um, yeah, basically that's um, that's it for for this week's episode. If you have enjoyed the episode, then if you can send us um, obviously send us feedback. That would be fantastic. Uh, like us and follow us on um, or it might be subscribed depending on what platform you're listening to uh, to us on. But also if you get the opportunity, I know Spotify now have a rating system. So if you could give us, I don't want to say it, but <clears throat> five star. <laughs> <laughs> it basically, you know, and, and it helps us, it helps us kind of spread the word and um, yeah, share it with, uh, share it with family and friends. Tell people, tell people about the, the podcast because then we can carry on doing it. And, yep. you know, we love getting, we do it because we want to help people. Yes, essentially, absolutely. You know? Uh, you can get us on um, Facebook, social media, any any form of social media, really. You can get Darren on The Bearded Mentor. The Bearded Mentor. I'll be on Instagram, uh, everything really, Facebook, yeah, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. So just look for The Bearded Mentor. Yeah. And, uh, and you can join in. I, I do a free class now on a Thursday. Uh, so if you, want, yeah. if, you, if you want to join in for a 15-minute 15, 15 blast, starting at half seven in the evening, um, and we'll do a 15-minute uh, breathwork session. And, and this, like you say, blast. It's not just a kind of big, heavy thing. They, oh, they no, tend no, to no, be no. very relaxing or yeah, helping yeah. to combat anxiety or stress. Or yeah. you know, so um, so so just come and give it a go. Come and give a bit of pranayama a go, and see what it can do for you. And then you can take that into the forest. Definitely take it into the forest. <laughs> uh, or you can get me obviously on um, Facebook and um, and Instagram. I'm Rhiannon Thomas Fine Art. So you can basically send us messages and feedback and let us know kind of if you've got any questions then just just basically get into contact with us we we're always always happy to take um to take those messages from you yeah amazing um i hope you have an amazing uh amazing rest of your week on the weekend please 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 go and do one thing for me please go out and please go and hug a tree pick a tree and hug it pick a tree and hug it if you must sit against it or lean against it but you know what who cares who gives a shit what other people think Turn around, wrap your arms around it, and give it a big thank you for all that delicious oxygen it's given you. <laughs> yeah, amazing. There we are. Have a lovely week, and uh, we will see you next week. Yeah. Okay, bye. bye. bye.